This episode of Couch Communion is dedicated to all the people in my life who think differently from me. All of my friends who don't believe in God or believe in a God? Question mark. You have taught me more about myself and about loving people than I can ever really fathom. And it turns out you've taught me a heck of a lot about how to think. We wonder. We roll. We take the I'm Sarah. I'm Jordan. And this is Couch Communion. Communing on the literal couch the, this time. We're back on the couch, baby. Yeah. We have made it back. We Feels are, good. Guess who's back and better than ever. <laughs> uh, so today we are going to be talking about, we're going to talk about friendships and relationships and why it is important for people to have any kind of relationships with people with different ideas different beliefs than you, different backgrounds than you, etc. And why it's not just good, it is very important. So Jordan's gonna lead us through that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm just gonna chill <laughs> on the couch and uh, relax and listen to Jordan be very smart for 50 Ooh. minutes to an hour because she's a smart person. Oh, goodness. I don't, you know. No pressure. I don't know how smart I really am. Um, I'm just noticing in my notes here that, uh, there's no order to anything. Cool. And I love that. Uh, (laughs) and there's a middle section of my notes that actually apply to the episode that we're going to record for you. And I forgot to separate (laughs) them out. So let's hope I don't mess that up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've been doing a lot of thinking lately to be honest with you, mm-hmm. the reason why I chose this... Please is- be honest with me. I want you to always be honest with me. <laughs> is because um, I got real sad the other day. Uh, real, real, real sad. And one of the things that triggered it was not only the pandemic, but just like the div- div- the divisiveness yeah. on social media <clears throat> between people who I love. Yes. Yeah. And... People who come from different perspectives and different viewpoints and stuff and just like have they no longer have any regard for the other person anymore. And um, I got I just got rolled down about it. And I was like, I'm so tired of all this. I just really want this to be over. I want to go back to my normal life again. I want people to not argue about this stuff. Um, So that got me kind of spiraling into this thing of like. I was thinking about some of the people who have just really misguided or misinformed views about different things. And I have always tried to, and I shouldn't say always, in my adult life, since going through some development, (laughs) I have tried really hard to approach situations thinking about where the other person's coming from and what their perspective is. And with a lot of the people that I'm seeing that have these opinions that are based in misinformation and based in in opinions that literally you can look at it and go, 
no, no, this mm. is like, like, yes, you have a choice in this matter, but like your choice is based in faulty logic and incorrect information. Yeah. You're not making choices with all of the available. Right. Right. Information. Right. And that, and so that kind of contributes to this thing where I was thinking about like, I wonder for some of these people that I, that I know and that I talk to on occasion, I really do wonder how often they've interacted with people who are not like them. Mm. Yes. Yeah. The echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I got to thinking about like why I really value having friendships with people who are completely different from me. Um, and I, and I wouldn't say that I've reached a goal of having like a super diverse friend group. (laughs) Um, but I, I'm also teaching some lessons right now in, uh, in the college classes that I teach about unconscious bias and about like how we really do make assumptions, knee jerk assumptions and have knee jerk attitudes toward different things based on what we've been conditioned to think in, in society. And it's not something we necessarily mean to do, but it's something that we do all the same. Mm -hmm. And we've been looking at like implicit associations, like how you associate different, have you taken any of the Harvard IAT I shouldn't say IAT tests because that's redundant, but the implicit association yeah. tests. Yes, I th- I think so. I took something online at one point that was like a really like quick and you go with your gut feeling. Yeah. Is that the same thing? Yeah, you have okay. to like press specific keys on the keyboard yes. yep. and then it switches the script on you. Yeah. And you have to try and still sort things with those same keys. Mm-hmm. And so it indicates a lot about your implicit associations. Yeah. And, um, I just, I, I was thinking a lot about that material and about how like exposure to other people really helps us to break down bias, biases, biases, mm-hmm. biases, bias, Break down bias. Sure. Just in general. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah. So that's really where this kind of came from. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And I think you're right because something that I have um, not noticed but thought about before in our friend group, like you said, we – I think in some ways we have a diverse friend group and sometimes in some ways we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a lot of – a lot of ladies. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, we don't want men in our club, so that's fine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it's a lot of women. We're all white, at least in our immediate friend group that yeah. I can think of. Yeah. Um, I think religious diversity is the most diverse right. part about that's us. That's really or where backgrounds I think about it. Or, yeah. Which, for this podcast, is probably more, you know, yeah. what we should talk about and can talk about. Um but even in that, it's mostly people who are Christian or people who are not, like atheist or agnostic. Yeah. We don't have friends in our immediate circle who are Muslim or Jewish, not counting me, religiously Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, Hindu or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I guess when I think about our friend group having uh, having diverse opinions, what I, th- I really think about the nitty gritty stuff, mm-hmm. like, of, like what we actually think about specific things. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of diversity in that way. Yeah, I agree. I'm using the word diversity too flagrantly, (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, Differences. I should say differences. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But because we have friends who um, 
put a lot of sock in something. <laughs> Our sorry. producer Ellie is <laughs> having a snack. She why why does she always pick now? Why? Because she feels she knows. safe. She knows we're on the couch. That's it's true. A, it's a safe environment. It's her snack time. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Enjoy your food, Eleanor. <laughs> But our friendship, our friendships, um, I think, and I think too about like people that maybe that we're not like super close friends with, but like we've interacted with a lot of different kinds of that people. That is true. That is true. In growing up in middle and elementary school, we had a lot of Jewish friends. Mm-hmm. Very um, true. We had um, a lot of exposure to a variety of socioeconomic backgrounds. Yes. Um, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, a variety of sexual identities mm-hmm. and, um, gender identities, gen- gender identities or as genders. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's more about, I think the people we've come into contact with. It, it's really funny to me too, to think about it that way, because I think about high school because we, we had, I mean, like a very good high school experience in mm-hmm. terms of like encountering new ideas and and i think about our english teachers they they followed the script for the most part (laughs) they like follow the curriculum but you could tell they were all like very like social justice oriented (laughs) i remember um a teacher who i think is still at our high school who she was a uh social studies history teacher and uh she had a mug i never had her in class but i remember she came into another one of my classes she had a mug that was one of those like color changing mugs when you fill it up and it was the the 50 states and it said i have a dream when you filled it up all the states turned blue (laughs) and of course this was during my like freshman or sophomore year of high school when i was still a staunch republican republican (laughs) i guess um if kids that young really i mean i I go back and forth on whether or not I feel like teenagers' political opinions are valid. Not valid. Yeah, at that age, I thought being a Republican meant being a Christian. It, same. And same. Which some adults still think. Yes. But. And uh, I think teenagers' opinions are always valid. Um, the weight at what I would hold them considering their life experience right. is not necessarily... Anyway, that's completely aside from the point. At that time, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this teacher has such a political mug that's so biased, <laughs> blah, 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 whatever. Now I want one. Yeah. I want yeah. that mug. <laughs> so This is just a note, though. Our teachers did not indoctrinate us. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No. Again, I never had that teacher, so I yeah, have a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. In high school, I'm pretty sure we had people registering to vote under the dance party. Oh, God. Because oh, they had that day where you could go register to vote in the cafeteria. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know they definitely put it on their Facebook. My Facebook. My Facebook profile, still says dance party. Mine still says I believe in Harvey Dent. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Everybody should take a, a real hard oh. look at their Facebook profile. If you haven't looked at your details this in a is while, your message. go look. <laughs> go check it out because I think all of us just forgot that existed yeah. for until maybe now. It's like if I could go back to my old MySpace page mm. and, like, I don't even remember what it looked like when I left MySpace. What song would be playing? I don't even know. It was probably like Fireflies or something. Like, yeah, or maybe like um, the used. 
I think I had, I think by the end of my MySpace phase, I had moved beyond um, uh, my chemical romance and the use. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was into the, like the techno okay. stuff okay. at that yeah. point. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, there was definitely a time when you would open my MySpace page and it would be like blood dripping and it would be like, um, it would like open and be like, yeah. What were we talking about? Where are you? Where were we? Having diverse friendships. Yes. And we're talking about people who are not only of different races and ethnicities, but also people of different gender identities, different different faith backgrounds or lack thereof, different socioeconomic levels, different just upbringings in general, people from different areas. So in our friend group, we have a variety of faith backgrounds that well, I shouldn't say variety of faith backgrounds, a variety of faith current current beliefs. faith situations <laughs> um, in that uh, we have a couple of people. We have one person who would definitely be agnostic, one who is probably atheist, one who I'm not really sure about, um, and then the rest of us who are Christians but in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some people who are far more conservative or far more liberal in terms of their Christian beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So, I, I mean, I've really valued those relationships and what they've taught me about not only um, how, to, how, to, how to be a nice person, <laughs> um, but also about, you know, what things I value in my own faith versus mm. things that I don't necessarily care about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, even my marriage has been like that just from sure, as a, yeah, a, a, being an inner church couple. Um, mm. that's been, that's been fun. Yeah. And I think this is an important topic too, because I can remember, and I'm sure a lot of, uh, especially people our age and probably, you know, uh, older or younger, um, y- being in youth group and having conversations about, making sure that you had good Christian friends who could support you in your faith and guide you in your faith and they weren't going to lead you astray or you weren't going to be unequally yoked, quote unquote. Unequal. Can we unpack that for a second? Well, we can come back to it in our next episode. That's true. Because that's that's a good one. But we can unpack it now Uh, too. Because I have, I have a hundred percent never understood that phrase. I don't need, I mean, I understand what people mean by it, but I'm like, "Mm." I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't. It's, if I, I believe it had to do with, uh, there's a passage about like carrying, like oxen carrying a weight. And so if you're unevenly yoked, like one is carrying more than the other. Okay. And so somehow if like <laughs> if you're in a relationship. the weight of Christianity too much for the other That's person. the, th- uh, or they're like not carrying weight to help yeah. you. And I'm like, what? That's not how this works. I don't know. Yeah. But people have used that for a lot of things like uh, opposing interracial relationships. Yeah. And, you know, so oh my that, gosh. it's a very... Uh, problematic yeah. phrase, I think. But and speaking of problematic phrases that we will talk about in the next episode, I also when I talk about friendships, I mean like genuine relationships with people. I don't mean this hate the sin, not the sinner crap. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Teaser. Next episode, we're going to talk about why specifically I hate that phrase. I should really stop like fake puking. Yeah, no, it's not. A good I feel idea. like that's a very triggering noise for I a lot of a people. Nauseous pregnant woman I'm over here. I'm so sorry, dumb. but yes, I hate that phrase. 
I yeah. don't like it at all. But so I'm talking about like actual friendships and it is absurd how many articles when I started researching this, how many articles I could find. Cause you'd think like you Google something like, why should Christians have relationships with people of other faiths? And it is absurd how many of these articles are like, you should definitely have relationships with people of other faiths so that you can show Jesus to them. And that I'm not saying that like showing Jesus to someone is a bad thing. That's not a yeah. bad thing. However, it's, it's the same way I feel about, about network marketing and <laughs> yes. And yes. Um, what is it? Yes. So, um, what's what MLMs? Yeah. I, d- I don't like it when people use a relationship in order to, as an in, means to an end. I don't like yeah. that. It's, it's not genuine. To it's me. underhanded. Right. Yeah. It's underhanded. And Thank it's, you. That's the word I need. You're welcome. And it's like, it's it's the same way I feel too about at my job at a food bank. Um, so we have a rule that pantries who are associated with us or any program oh, cannot yes. force you to sit through a service or a prayer or whatever. Um, in, in order to get your food. In order to get your food. Because a lot of our pantries are at churches, which is fantastic. But you cannot like hold food ransom for someone to go to a church service because you should be giving food without expectation. And if you have a friendship with someone, it should be based on genuine friendship, exactly. not the underlying expectation that they're going to convert. Right. We're, we don't do missionary friendships no. here. And I think a lot of that is rooted in this evangelical, evangelical fear of damnation. And I, I literally remember in my middle school days being so freaked out and concerned about like people who I interacted with, interacted with who I never said Jesus's name in front of because I remember my brother who at the time was also going through some of this processing. My brother had told me, well, then their blood is on your hands. Yeah. Well, they, they told us, I mean, they not literally your brother, taught us that if you are the reason that someone doesn't get into heaven, it's your that's fault. on you. Yeah, it's on you, which God, it's to, so to say that to a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, so year old, wrong. It's like, first of all, if your entire relationship with Jesus is predicated on this, um, I'm going to get out of jail for this yeah. situation. I'm the, the whole reason I love Jesus is to get out of hell. That's, that's not, not a relationship the, yeah, either. That's you know? not the point. That's not the point. You should want to have a relationship with Jesus because he's Jesus. Right. He's, right. he's the Messiah. Right. And because, you know, in our in our faith, you know, upbringing, because God is worthy of praise. Blah, yes. blah, blah. You know, God loves us. And, and so we want to, like, be with... I'm not doing the whole altar crawl thing right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just soft piano music <laughs> right. playing yeah. in the background. Jesus. <laughs> Really, man, he just loves you. <laughs> no. Oh, um, by the way, at some point we had to talk about all of these awkward altar call things on TikTok. I love them. Oh my gosh, they're fantastic. So much. The one about women in pants. Oh my <laughs> Woof. Anyway, um, but these articles that oh, talk I'm, about I'm so sorry. Can I, I have one more thought I want yeah. to interject? On the note of like being friends to convert people mm-hmm. my mother god love her soul was so concerned about our friends mm-hmm. who are not christians mm-hmm. so concerned told me all the time how she just worried about them because they weren't saved and and not that that made her think any less about them but in her 
faith and in her generation that was like a big thing and I don't know that you know I think it just concerned her because you know and we can spend time later on this podcast talking about hell and what it is and what it isn't and who goes there and is it is it a real place at all who you know we can go into that because that's a whole topic but um you know and I understand that but I feel like at this point our friends know what's up yeah they know what we think they know what we believe they know that we love them and if you know it's i don't know that love is not conditional on right their conversion right i don't want to be like (laughs) i don't care if they're christians but i don't care if they're right right like uh, and me going up to them and being like listen i know we've been friends for 15 years now but i just want to talk to you about jesus i think they would literally be like what are you doing (laughs) can you go somewhere yeah, but it's like, it just seems like there's a caveat to those relationships. And I, the Jesus that I was, that I interacted with and that I was taught to love is an unconditional love person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to me, when you say it's unconditional love, full stop, it's unconditional. It does not have conditions. Right. Like, you just love your neighbor. Yeah. And so, which also feeds into why I, I don't like, I hate the sin not the center uh, anyway yeah um but all of these articles that talk about having friendships with other people of different faiths one of the things that they always like point out they're like jesus had relationships and friendships with people who were so different from him and look they were changed by him and they you know they followed him yeah, he's Jesus. He's the actual Messiah. He's the Lord. Yeah. Like, of course they were. I mean, like, people were changed by being in his very presence. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think that's a fully valid argument. <laughs> I would like to believe that our friends are better off for being friends with us. <laughs> and not because they get converted, necessarily, but just because, like, we're nice kind loving friends like there's a value in just like being a good person (laughs) yeah and they know that we're always going to be there for them and that we love them no matter what and yeah agreed there is a christian christianity today article that i found called can christians really be friends and connect with those of other faiths um by a alana francis Mm -hmm. uh from 2016 and like i was vibing with it for a couple seconds and then it took a turn (laughs) um but it does say in the article having friends of different faiths also provides us with innumerable innumerable opportunities to share the good news of god's love for us bear witness to jesus and introduce people to christ okay same story Mm-hmm. And then it says, but there's no need for us to aggressively attempt to convert our friends of Muslim, Jewish, or any other faith to Christianity. And then it quotes First Peter 3.15, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It. Thank you. Amen. Thank like, you. And that respect to me says, hey, yeah, this is why I feel the way I do and this is what I believe. It's cool. And yep, you leave that's it, it at that, man. Boop, boop. Yep. And I will again refer to Phil Vishner. Always. Vischer. Vischer. I think I've been saying his name wrong. Oh no. Um this whole time. Let me let me just uh give it a little. Yeah, it's Vischer. Ooh. And I think I've been saying Vishner for a very long time. Whoops. <laughs> um anyway, <laughs> Phil Vischer. I go back to, you know, him saying when 
society pushes Christians to the sidelines, we should be going quietly. Mm-hmm. Not that we should be giving up and tucking our tails or anything, but like, yeah, go to go live your Christian life and live the hope that you have. People will see that naturally. Right. Like, chill out. I posted posted on our uh, Instagram story earlier. Hang on, let me find it real quick. It's uh, it's from the account Science Jesus Memes. But it's that scene from Jurassic Park where they're in the restaurant. And the guy's like yelling. And so this one says, look, an evangelical. We've got an evangelical here. Get him. Get your pitchforks and persecute him. And he turns around and says, see, nobody cares. (laughs) Uh, anyway that's, oh my gosh that's fantastic because evangelicals and christians in general in america are not persecuted not at all period not at all not in the way that they think they are yeah and those kinds of like friendships and things that you have with that's not a threat and a danger and i think a lot of people and you know we talked about this with doubt is like a lot of people feel like that exposure is gonna bring on like this this doubt and it's going to bring on these thoughts of like well maybe my faith isn't the right one and like you should be examining those questions yeah that should be something you're doing yeah yeah and as two people who have been friends with non-religious people for many many years many years i can promise you if you either know what you believe or you don't i mean it's the same as if I went up to one of them and said, like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus, and I don't know if you really know what I believe. Like, they do. I know what they believe. If they came up to me and they were like, hey, I don't think there's a God, and I think that all of this is just random chaos and nothing happens when we die, I'd be like, rad. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Cool. Like. Let's talk about There's that. no danger, yeah. right? Like, and we can have a conversation. I I am thinking of one friend in particular who... um I am fascinated. Well, I don't want to say fascinated. Let me think of a better way to say that. I love talking to her about spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. She's very into, uh, like, spiritualism, um, tarot, that kind of stuff. I think it's fascinating. And it doesn't scare me to talk to her about those things. I know what I think and what I don't, but it's interesting. and. Because she's my friend, I care about her viewpoints. And I think she's a smart, cool person. And I want to know what she thinks about the world. And that's not always a bad thing. Is that sharing the gospel with her? Not necessarily, but like... I also can think of, and I may have said this before on this podcast, but um, we had a friend in high school who, when I first met her, hated religion. Oh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. with a fiery passion. And I would like to think that after four years, when she went off to college and I went, you know, off to our college and didn't, I haven't really talked to her much over the years, but I would like to think that she had a better opinion of Christians after those four years than she did when she came in. Because she, this, this hated. Oh yeah, it was rough. Any kind of organized religion, any kind of religious people didn't even like when people wore cross necklaces, like it made her angry. And by the end, I feel like I was at least able to be like, hi, we're not all jerks. Like, we're not all hypocritical, hateful, abusive people like you've maybe had experiences with in the past. 
Um, and that's it. And, and there's, you know, when people pass through your lives, you're not always going to have a big old conversion experience. Sometimes you are just a light in a person's life for a moment and they move on. And that is between them and God, you know, God, the Holy spirit, that's the only person who's going to be able to really make that change in their life and them. It's it's between them. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even know how I really feel about like whether or not it's important for them to like make that change, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's one of those things where every day I have a different belief about like whether or not it really like it, whether or not the specific belief matters um, uh, as opposed to just overall, like the, the general, like who the person is and their belief. So like, it's one of those things where, you know, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't know. Yeah. Deconstruction is fun. It's fun guys. (laughs) We're having a blast. Yeah. No, that was, that was the other reason I got real, real sad the other day was just deconstructing, deconstructing stuff. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't deserve to be called a Christian. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do. Oh my gosh. It was bad. Um, but yeah, and not only do those friendships and relationships, like, they do prompt hard questions. They also teach us things about our own beliefs. If somebody I know and care about says, you know, I believe fairies live in my kitchen cabinets. And they, like, seriously mean it. We have a friend who believes in fairies. Yeah, I know. Um, and they, like, seriously, seriously mean it. I'm, I'm like, that's definitely something I don't believe. But okay, let's talk about that. You know, like, it's, it's one of those things where you have an opportunity to respond mm-hmm. in a certain way to a friend. It's like, you could respond like a jerk and be like, you're absolutely wrong. <laughs> that's stupid. That's untrue. <laughs> or you could respond with love and say, huh, that's something that I never really thought about. That's something that I don't know that I identify with. But I really want to hear why you believe that thing yeah you know fairies is a a bad example but like just different perspectives even even small variations and different perspectives on christianity yeah i've benefited so much from those conversations with my husband about like hey i believe that mary was immaculately conceived and i'm like i definitely don't believe that but let's talk about it what what brought you to that conclusion yeah and i think thematically this is kind of like weaves into everything that we always say it's like weird is different than wrong doubt is okay be humble it teaches you something. in your opinion be humble you know and but you know i really do uh think that it's not only like good to have those types of relationships it will help you like it will it actually is beneficial mm-hmm. to you yeah as a person so i think we'll take a short break yeah uh we will just kind of Uh, leave you with your thoughts for the next 15 seconds Uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what some of those benefits are and i have research yo yo earlier when i was like jordan's going to be smart this is what i meant she did (laughs) academic well she didn't do research she found academic research it's not my qualifying exams but it's something (laughs) it's something cool well we will be back in just uh, a few seconds And we're back. 
Hello. Hi, everybody. Did you have an exciting 15 seconds? Our, um, how many minutes? 35 minutes mm-hmm. that we're scrunched into that 15 seconds. Yeah. It was very eventful. Extremely eventful. It was um, more eventful than my entire week so far. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be gross. But I just threw up in Sarah's sink. <laughs> but you know... Our friendship is built on love <laughs> and acceptance yeah, and yeah. helping each other through tough times. Yeah, you know, you're so helpful, too. You brought me a wet washcloth and some paper towels. I tried. That's and... the only thing I know to do when people throw up. I'm like, do you want to wipe your face off? Because that's yeah. the first thing I want to yeah. do. No, honestly, that's the number one thing that I want to yeah. do, too. Perfect. Also, my mom, when I was little, when I was sick, she would put a, a cold, yeah. cool wet washcloth on my forehead. Yeah. You don't have hair that's long enough that needed to be held back. No. So. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't have to do that, honestly. I would have for you, I but, you, you know. Have, but I'm really glad you didn't have to. I, just I'm for clarification, mad. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a pregnancy thing or what, but something about my lunch just hasn't sat well with me today. And I knew it was coming all day. And <laughs> right as soon as we went to break, <laughs> Sarah started talking about... My uh, IRB approval. I'm like, maybe you're stressed. And maybe it's it. this. And her stomach was like, now's the time. Now is my moment. But just to clarify, I am okay. Yeah. I feel much better. Um, and uh, I will be going home soon. Yes. So who knows? Our next one might be virtual couch again. Who knows? Who's to say? Uh, oh, well. Isn't life fun? Isn't life being an is, adult fun? Life is funny. Yeah. Life is really funny. So anyway... So friendships. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. We have such a great friendship. I'm so, I'm so thankful. I know. I just love you. I love you too. You're just my, you're my best friend. And oh I love my you gosh. Know that you're my sister. Oh and my gosh, just, stop it. I just love you so much. Oh. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway, I mean, you're fine. <laughs> you're all right. You're okay. Uh, so we were talking about, like, not only is it really good to have diverse friendships, but it also is like literally beneficial to who you are and beneficial to your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I was doing some research uh, on the topic. And, you know, we know that learning things about learning things about people um, who are not like you definitely gives you perspective and it teaches you that your experience is not the only one in the world. Um, So you learn to respect and appreciate others, which everybody benefits from. You don't have to adopt people's belief systems in order to respect them. Right, right. Um, Like, that's just, it's just a matter of recognizing that a person is a person. Right. And something that, um, when I was being trained on how to do some of this unconscious bias material that I'm teaching, um, one of the leaders of the training said, uh, one of the things that we want to recognize is that there are multiple truths that exists that exist exists there are multiple truths that exist um and students need to know how to grapple with interacting with those truths at the same time and Mm -hmm. they can be conflicting truths but because they belong to different people they are truths all the same for example i mean just like a matter of i believe god exists someone else may not Mm -hmm. um or i've never been racially profiled somebody else may have um, you know, I am a woman. <laughs> I understand what it means to be a woman in the world. Mm-hmm. The other men that I encounter may not have any idea. Like, gotcha. so those truths exist in the same space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we have to be able to encounter those and interact with them in a way that 
leaves us understanding we're all people, we're all human, and that like our experience informs what we think and believe, but somebody else's experience informs what they think and believe too. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so we have to respect that space. Yeah. Yeah. So, but aside from like just the general, you know, Mormon fuzzies, when you talk about like the the good that comes from those situations, um, one of the examples that I found of like how this really actually positively infect, affects you is, and there's an article from Psychology Today um, that... It's called How Diverse Are Your Friends? Um, it's from Dr. Deborah Rivas-Drake. Um, and she says in the article, uh, attending a diverse school is associated with numerous positive outcomes for students. For example, a study by researchers at UCLA measuring diversity in middle schools found that African-American, Asian-American, Latinx, and white students in schools with more ethnic diversity all felt safer, less victimized, less lonely, and their teachers were fair and equitable to all groups. Interesting. So not only do students feel safe in those environments, um, the teachers naturally, because they interact with a diverse group of students every day, the teachers act more equitably across those lines. Interesting. Which I think is incredible. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, like, you learn to respect the background knowledge and the experiences of everybody around you. And Mm -hmm. so then it becomes a more equitable space. I don't think that we will ever necessarily reach an like a perfect equitable space in any like school situation or like societal situation. Mm -hmm. But what I think we can do is um, develop a more accountable space and having those relationships and interacting with people who are different from you help you learn to be accountable for yourself. So, like, if you end up saying something to someone that is, like, a little bit insensitive, like, and they tell you that, you learn how to react to that in a way that is respectful and say, I'm going to examine what I'm doing um, and we'll move forward from here. Yeah, instead of being defensive right. and like, well, I didn't mean it. Right. I think it's also interesting to... I don't remember what it was exactly that you said that made me think of this, but um, the idea of um, appreciating people's differences and what they bring to the table as opposed to um, like being quote unquote colorblind, which I think happens in a lot of situations where um, people of color especially are a distinct minority and there's a majority white population. Teachers leaders whoever tend to take this stance of being colorblind Mm -hmm. and like i don't see color but that's not that's not the goal the goal is to see color and to see everyone's differences and everyone's backgrounds and everyone's you know diversity and appreciate what that brings to the table exactly so yeah and i think people who say i don't see color they mean well yeah um and and it's it's not a the sentiment that 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 spurs that statement is not inherently bad. Right. What it is is it's not recognizing it's it's washing gray over everything, and it's not recognizing um, the beautiful and unique like you're saying those beautiful and unique experiences that people have lived, and recognizing too that hey that's a good thing. Yeah. You are the way you are because of your life and because of who you are and that's good because it teaches this to our group or mm-hmm. because um it makes you this way or that way right and that's a good thing yeah it's not i think a lot of times 
again, the sentiment of being colorblind isn't bad, but I think in a lot of ways it, it almost creates this like standard of whiteness that yeah. everyone has to measure Absolutely. up for or standard of whatever yeah. the, major- the majority is. And so it's like, oh, well, you know, we're doing colorblind casting, which is a phrase <laughs> that I heard a lot in theater. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, again, just, you know, as times go on, um, language changes. Yeah. And so back in the early 2000s or 90s, being colorblind was like kind of the new yeah. way of thinking about it. And then as we learn and we grow, we go, okay, maybe that's not really how we need to say it. Yeah. And maybe that's not really how we need to think about it. Yeah. So. And it goes on in that article to say, academically, researchers such as Tam, Tam and Bassett, um, it's a 2004 article, or Lewis and colleagues from 2018, note that students in diverse schools, particularly those of color, tend to earn higher test scores, are more likely to graduate, and are more likely to attend college. Students who are in, di- who are in diverse schools are also more likely to develop positive feelings about members of other ethnic racial groups and more complex, less stereotypical views of themselves as well as others. Hmm. These experiences have been shown to go a long way toward undercutting common racial prejudices and preparing youth to develop more meaningful multidimensional relationships across diverse populations. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And and uh, continuing on it says as youth friend friend as youth's friend groups uh, become more diverse, they tend to express more positive racial attitudes, correct their misconceptions about other groups, improve their communication and problem-solving skills, not just in racial situations. They're talking about, like... In general. In general. And support more positive and multicultural perspectives. Diverse friendships provide young people with safe and supportive opportunities to critically examine themselves and those around them and develop a cultural awareness that better prepares them for life and relationships in our increasingly complex and diverse world. Yeah. Which I disagree with the use of increasingly diverse world. (laughs) It is diverse. It is diverse. That's a fact. Yeah. (laughs) It's just we're more aware of it now. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. But yeah, it's really cool that like your problem solving skills are impacted by this because you're able to think outside the box because you've seen other perspectives and because you've respect other perspectives. Right. I think it's just like, um, the importance of learning critical thinking in schools, you know, just in texts you read and, um, ways you analyze things. It opens your mind up to different kinds of problem solving and even just experiencing new experiences. I mean, whether that's having friends from all kinds of backgrounds, whether that's actually going abroad and having some kind of cross-cultural experience you know that makes people really reevaluate and uh reform ideas in their head and we've talked before um off this and on it about being in an echo chamber yeah i think i already said that once today but you know when you are surrounded by people who all think the same way as you you only consume information that backups what you think. There's no thinking involved. Right. It's so, it's simple. You're you being can, fed information. Y- and you can just exist and you never have to critically think about like, oh man, like, I don't know how I feel about this. Let me examine. Let me look at data. Let me look at my own experiences and really, you know, and that's why I'm glad. I'm so glad that we have friends of all different backgrounds. I'm glad that I have family of all yeah. different backgrounds, I say a lot. As much as, you know, I disagree with more conservative members of my family, I'm glad I have them right? because I'm not 
I can never be in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. I always have to be very humble about my own thoughts and feelings because A, I have to be able to back them up. So I have to really know what I'm saying. And it keeps me from villainizing yes the other people yes. or just as you know making assumptions about them that yeah. are maybe untrue and um, i think too in those situations like i think about my dad who is much more conservative than i am and he and i don't talk about politics a lot because we get kind of mad mm -hmm. and so we kind of avoid the topic sometimes but we always have good conversations when we do talk about it because i he helps me realize a lot of times I don't remember, I can't remember what specifically we were talking about, but I remember him presenting his side that he was thinking about something. And I suddenly had this moment of, oh, that's a valid point. And I was like, maybe my feelings on this are a little bit more complex than mm. just liberal versus conservative. Right. Or, you know, left versus right or one way versus another. I was like, maybe, maybe I do have a little bit more of a complex view on this. And I think... A lot of people are afraid of building those relationships and building those friendships because that suddenly means you may not have a clean cut answer to the world. Exactly. And that is one thing that, and I just had this conversation with my stepdad, who's more conservative than me, politically speaking, but we, I think both agree that all sides of the political, you know, bubble, mm -hmm. not just spectrum, but we all have more in common than we think we do. And it's turned into like a team sport. Yeah. You know, and I don't, it doesn't need to be that way. Like I've, I love basketball and I will root for the Wildcats to win all the time, no matter what, destroy the other opponent. But politics <laughs> like actually affects people's lives yeah. and the real world that we live in. And it's not just about, Oh, my team needs to win right. because if I even talk to a member of the other team, I'm, you know, decreasing my chances of supporting, you know, it, it, it's silly yeah. and in similar ways too um if we're thinking about this not just in terms of politics but thinking about it in terms of religion i mean those different i mean i can't imagine having not interacted with some of the people of different faiths that i have interacted with mm. and how they really made me rethink um some of my perspectives i really think a lot about of course we have to bring her up the glorious rachel held evans oh when, bless you, <laughs> our producer Ellie just sneezed. Um, Almost sounded like a bark. Yeah. Was that an amen for Rachel Held I think Evans, it was Ellie? an amen. But um, she, when she was researching the Proverbs 31 woman, mm -hmm. and she spent a lot of time with Jewish women and, and learning their perspective on some of these some of these passages or on some of these practices completely flipped how she looked at um that concept yeah. and 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 you know rocked her whole view of how we look at um a woman of valor right you know and so like it, i think of things like that that like sometimes when you get that other window you can go oh you know what I really appreciate that. And sometimes you do yeah. like start to adopt pieces and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good thing because it says I am examining myself and I'm critically thinking about it in terms of academics. Um, you know, I mean like you can find this information all over the place. I mean like there's so much research out there that talks about how college students specifically benefit from diverse experiences and diverse relationships. So this um, article from 
uh, diverse, uh, what is it? Diverse education. Um, I don't, I don't know this publication specifically. Um, but it's talking a little bit about, uh, the role of peer relationships and in interfaith learning and development. And so researchers found that gaining an interworldview friendship can potentially double the percentage of first year college students who highly appreciate the worldview of a new friend. Researchers also discovered a long-term positive impact in which students with inter-worldview friends can develop positive attitudes towards others with all attitudes, or with all worldviews, all worldviews. Sorry, that was a struggle. Um, so having a diverse peer group, um, they say, enables college students to understand and appreciate other cultures and reduces prejudice. And we can all agree that reducing prejudice is a good thing mm-hmm. for everybody. Yes. Like just as much as it's good for communities who have been historically marginalized and have been the, the victims of prejudice, it is just as good um, for other communities who have been um, the societal norm, quote unquote, um, to break down those prejudices as well um, about themselves. Um, and then I was also looking at dear old, Ernest Pascarella, mm-hmm. um, who is an educational researcher who I revere. Uh, I <laughs> revere, I don't know. I work with him in his writings a lot in my classes that I'm taking myself um, and in my own research that I've been looking at. He is um, uh, a professor and the Peterson Chair in Higher Education at the University of Iowa. Um, he His list of publications and awards is too long to even start to uh rifle through um he knows what he's talking about he's done the research um he his his research is focused in um the impact on the impact of college students uh and student persistence in higher education and persistence basically is like their ability to continue in higher ed gotcha and so in one of his uh, research briefs that I was uh, reading uh, called The Effects of Diversity Experiences on Critical Thinking Skills Over Four Years of College, um, they took this National Study of Liberal Arts Education. It's called the Wabash Study. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've actually heard of that. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. cool. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, they looked at it. Um, it's a longitudinal longitudinal study i can never say that word longitudinal study um which means that it it assesses people over a long period of time Mm -hmm. um focusing on the effects of liberal arts education um and it initially found that when um when pre-college experiences so um pre-college critical thinking skills academic preparation that kind of stuff is taken into account um, students' diversity experiences had no overall uh, impact uh, on their first-year gains um, on critical thinking skills. However, it also found that there was a positive effect of di- diversity experiences on critical thinking um, for white students and for students who were least academically prepared for college. So the students who um, who had maybe never experienced, well, in terms of white students, mm-hmm. students who had maybe not experienced or confronted a lot of diversity experiences in their lives sure. had more gains. 
in this area. Mm. And that concept is, is, is pretty open in the field of educational research that like the students who haven't encountered difficult, like social situations, um, benefit from those. Whereas students of color, a lot of times they've been dealing with this for a long time. It's old hat. And so you, you don't see as many gains there, even though it's still beneficial, you don't see like the sig- statistically significant numbers that you would gotcha. uh, with white students. Um, just the fact that I deal with, in my research, I deal with students who are not not academically prepared. Um, that's fascinating to me that yeah. they they themselves are really benefit from this. But in this particular research brief, um, they looked at nine hundred and forty nine four, fourth year full time undergraduates attending seventeen four year colleges and universities. They analyzed some of their responses. Um, and found that with an objective standardized measure of critical thinking skills, um, so not taking into um, account some of the things that the original study did, kind of looking at it more objectively, not not as focused in and specific, mm-hmm. um, the exposure to diversity experiences fosters the development of cognitive growth and more complex modes of thought. So cognitive effective diversity experiences says appears to be sustained during four years of college and may even increase in magnitude. Oh, wow. Um, over time. Wow. And they say, they again reiterated, they said, um, uh, this is more, um, they say again, as with previous research, the cognitive impact of interracial diverse or sorry, interactional diversity over four years of college would appear to be more complicated than the general uh, effects estimates discussed um, in the in the article would suggest. Most notably, the four year impact of inter- interactional diversity in our study would appear to be contingent on the level of tested academic preparation, which is wild to me that like the students with the lower ACT scores or the lower college readiness testing scores are the ones that benefit the most um, from this. It's just wild. I wonder if partly that stems from like their uh, correlation between critical thinking and test scores in general, if they've never had to develop critical thinking skills. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, so as an educational researcher, I'm just like, "Mm, yeah, (laughs) this is, (laughs) this is great stuff. Um, But it's, it's, what it shows is that interacting with people who are not like you changes your brain chemistry. <laughs> it actually makes your your brain grow. Wow. And um, I feel like Carol Dweck when I say that. I'm like, you can actually change those neural connections <laughs> in your brain. And we find that students with a growth mindset. Sorry. I, I show this video to my students all the time about growth mindset. And Carol Dweck, who's a wonderful educational researcher, <laughs> um, it talks about growth mindset. And I just always I crack up every time. <laughs> um, but... So what you're saying is we're smarter. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, (laughs) you're being facetious, but like, I I, I literally like having experiences where you interact and build relationships with people who don't necessarily think the same way as you cause you to think in bigger, smarter ways. Mm. You know, just because you've never met a person of color in your entire life doesn't mean that you can't have those experiences and it doesn't mean that you're not smart. Right. It's just saying that like cultivating diverse relationships in a multitude, in multitude of ways mm-hmm. um, can directly improve your life. Yeah. And yeah. I think in terms of faith, you know, thinking about all the stuff that we talked about deconstruction, deconstruction and doubt, having those relationships 
has changed the way I think critically about my faith. And you mm-hmm. should think critically about your faith. You should think critically about everything. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, like... It's how you don't get sucked into cults. Exactly. Critical thinking. Um, it is wild to me how um, how the lengths to, pe- that, to which people will go to stay in a place of safety. And, like, I totally understand that, like... It's scary out there when you start questioning things and when you start, like, thinking more critically. Um, But on the other side of it, you know, I was listening to this podcast with Sarah Bessie the other day where she was talking about her deconstruction journey. And she said, um, she said, it's awful being in the wilderness. It is, it's horrible being in that situation. But nothing is wasted. Mm. And I really love that she said that because I was like, you know, having, building those relationships and messing up. And saying the wrong things Mm -hmm. and learning new things and having to confront your beliefs and having to confront your biases. Um, Those are tough situations. And honestly, they suck to go through. Yeah. But none of that is wasted. If you keep pushing forward, it is not wasted. You will grow through it. Exactly. Um, And so, you know, that that was just really my big inspiration for this episode was just like, I, I think to the people on my news feed you know, who, man, they're really bringing the hard punches in directions that I don't agree with. But I refuse to remove them from my news feed because they teach me how to talk to other people. They teach me how to learn. They teach me um, what perspectives are out there. Um, And we can use that information in a variety of ways, but really when we're using it to examine our own faith, um, we're using it to our to our benefit. Yeah. One of the examples where this came through, and you know this, <laughs> was um, my cousin, who was a pastor, um, got into kind of an argument on Facebook about vaccine mandates and, and some things. It, I, I wouldn't even call his... I wouldn't even call it an argument. No. Um, but somebody started ripping him. He made a post and then yeah. someone reacted right. in a um, very... Strong way. Yeah, very strong way that made me very upset. Extremely strong reaction. (laughs) Unwarranted, some might say. (laughs) Yeah, I would think so. But he responded um, to, I mean, like, they went back and forth for a while. And he was very, he was very kind and gentle in his responses. He he didn't, he did not back down um, from what he was saying. But he remained you know, very, you know, steadfast and respectful, which I I appreciate. I learned from him so much in these situations. But he ended the conversation um, by calling out everybody who's sitting there reading this and, like, eating up the Facebook drama. And he said, to be clear to everybody that's posting, um, this person is a friend, a good person, a generous person who would give give you the shirt off their back. And he said... um, I'm not standing opposed to this person, even in our disagreement. I know that my post can be sarcastic at times, but I don't didn't post this as a means to bash this person or others. I don't mind a good spirited debate, and I don't think conflicting viewpoints can't be said and heard. And then he said, we have to learn to talk to one another and disagree well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he went on to say like he, that he loved this person and that like, um, you know, people need to be kind and constructive and, and all that. Um, 
I don't, a, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but I hope he's okay with me like reading his Facebook post. He's just like a class act. He, I mean, he's, he's a great person. And that's such an empathetic response. Yeah. And I think that's the key of you have to have empathy to understand other viewpoints, right. to appreciate other people's viewpoints and um, love them for them. Right. Right. And I think, um, you know, I, I think we would live in a better world if we could have the capacity to just look at those disparate truths and say, you know, there's tension here, but there's something good in that tension Mm -hmm. and I can learn from it. And that, you know, and if we learn to appreciate that about each other and people get heated, like it's not, it's not like you're never going to get heated about something because they're your beliefs. You feel really strongly about them. Um, but I agree with what my cousin said is that we have to learn to disagree well. Um, and I mean, that goes back to everything that I think, everything that I stand for in terms of building bigger tables is that like that bigger table is not just, it's not just meant to include people who have never had a seat. It's meant to include those who need to scooch over a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And my hope is, is that that's in line with the faith that I have. And then that's in, in line with the person who I think God is. Um, that's, that's just my hope. I would agree with that. Yeah. Very wholeheartedly. Yeah. This was good. Yeah, that's that's uh that's my two cents on hey, you should go meet some new people. Go out. Go out and experience some new things. Don't be afraid of making friends who think differently than you. If yes. you're a person that has only had Christian friends in your life, don't be scared. I mean, if you did that on purpose. Sometimes that's just kind of <laughs> how it happens. Yeah. But um yeah. Go talk to people who think different things than you. Ask yeah. questions. Yeah. Be curious. Learn to find the things that you appreciate and then learn to appreciate the things that you don't. Yes. Yeah. As Ted Lasso would say, yes. be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. I'll see. I need to watch Ted Lasso. It's so, oh my gosh, it's so good. I'm about to just figure out how to give everyone my Apple ID so that they can <laughs> log in because I tell you what, it's the best thing I've watched in a long time, genuinely. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored, but Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, <laughs> do you want to sponsor our podcast <laughs> about being curious and not judgmental? Um, I don't think our podcast is his target. This no, probably not. Though. But you know. But hey. But We're the Millers is also a great movie. Hey. So <laughs> I'm not sponsoring that movie for sure. On this I podcast. haven't actually seen We're the Millers. Oh, we should watch it sometime. <laughs> Is it appropriate? No. Is it funny? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, if you guys have any thoughts or feelings, as always, please reach out to us. Our social yeah. stuff is in our outro. Um, our social stuff. Our social stuff. Our social media is in our outro, our email, etc. I also want to say just at the end of this episode, um, for topics, we're always, we've said this before, but we love to hear ideas for topics. Oh, yes. And I've been thinking about doing um, something about MLMs. I've Mm -hmm. thought about doing Mm -hmm. uh, Christian music. And so uh, if you have any thoughts or feelings about either of those things or other topics you would like us to do. Please send us some topic suggestions. If there's a movie you want us to watch or documentary Mm -hmm. or if there's... Um, some topic you think we should touch on or give our two cents on, um, please reach out. But friends, 
It has been so nice to be with you here on the couch. It's been lovely. I'm going to go home and take care of myself. Yes. Go Um, home and rest. Yeah. And we'll be back next week. Yeah. Most likely. Unless something crazy happens. (laughs) We'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh, And I can already give you a preview next week. Oh, man. We're going to... I'm stoked. We're talking about Christianese, which is why I had that poll up on our Instagram. So if in the meantime, uh, you think of any other Christianese words that you really like or phrases... Send them to me Send because in, man. I have a long list, but it can get longer. All right. Well, um, thank you for a good discussion. Yeah. Thank you for discussing with me on the couch. Of course. We love all of you guys. To all of our friends listening, we love you. And uh, we'll just see you next week, I guess. Yeah, see you then. Stay tuned. And stay communed. Let's <laughs> go. This episode of Couch Communion was produced by us. We don't have a team for this. Music by Grace Mason. Cover art by the wonderful Sarah Mullins at Dr. Frank and Sarah on Instagram and Twitter. If you like what you heard, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. New episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.